Right. Thank you, Emily, for that. And it is a privilege to be here this evening with each one of you folks. This has been a uh, an event that my wife and I and our kids have been looking forward to for a couple of months since uh, uh, Pastor your pastor called me. Uh, oh, I'd say back right before you started Sunday evening services. Mm-hmm. And uh, asked to co- us to come up here. We've been privileged to uh, look forward to this event, and so uh, it's a blessing to see familiar faces. Uh, the the excitement of people just being faithful to the local New Testament church is a real blessing to uh, the pastor's heart and then uh, to our hearts because uh, your pastor calls and he tells us different things that are going on and uh, different events that are taking place and we get so excited about spiritual growth in people's lives and that's really what it's all about, isn't it? Uh, seeing the Lord draw us closer to Himself Himself. And uh, uh, hear about God's uh, God working in people's lives and changing us to bring glory to Him. And so uh, I had a good time shaking your hands and just being able to chat with you just a little bit before the service here. And uh, I tell you what, this is the most exciting place to be on a Sunday evening. Amen. Right here at Liberty Baptist Church. This is where it's going on for sure. And so uh, you just stay faithful, stick behind your preacher, and uh, he's got a lot of events plan for y'all and uh, the next exciting one is of course a meal and uh, I think I'd almost drive three hours to come to a meal for sure a good Baptist they always know what's important and uh, that's meal time amen I saw uh, our brother and uh, I think it was Samuel come in uh, with a great big uh, a bowl of enchiladas is that right enchiladas yes enchiladas as a matter of fact as I smell right now, I think they're cooking down there or something, huh? They're uh, getting ready for us to devour. So, oh, good Baptists always like to eat and uh, cut the preaching and go eat, huh? <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> Amen. All right. Well, with that, let's get over to uh, Mark chapter 4 and we'll begin in verse 14. Mark chapter 4 and verse 14. I'm going to bring a message tonight. Uh, I, I hope it's a, a help to you. Uh, a very simple message. I know that you've heard messages from this portion of Scripture before. And so I just want to pull out a couple of truths this evening. And I, I believe it can help us in our spiritual growth. We're over in Mark chapter 4 in the New Testament, second book, Matthew, Mark uh, chapter 4, verse 14. The Bible says, the sower soweth the, the word. These are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves, and so endure, but for a time. And afterwards, when affliction or persecution ariseth, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of uh, other things entering in, choking, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. 
Verse 20, And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirty, some sixty, and some an hundred. I want you to notice these these verses here, especially verse 20, it says, And these are they that sow on good ground. Then in the last phrase of that verse, it says, Some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some an hundred. I want to be a productive Christian. I want to have a life that bears forth fruit for Christ. And I believe everyone here this evening has the same desire. I'm going to preach a message this evening entitled, From Seed to Proceeds. From Seed to Proceeds. Let's have a word of prayer. Dearly Father, Lord, we have come to the most important time of our meeting, and that is the feasting on Your Word. God, I pray that You would come and that You'd meet with us. Lord, these words will only be words at best unless Your Holy Spirit helps me and fills me and uh, touches people's hearts with the words of this message. Lord, I pray that You would stir us to be productive Christians, to be fruit-bearing Christians. That's our desire this evening, Lord. And God, I pray that You would please come and meet with us. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. In this passage of Scripture, Jesus is in the early days of His ministry. Jesus Christ came on the scenes on the scene here, and He was healing the blind, and healing the sick, and raising the dead. And so with that hitting the news, and that being the top headline of the Jerusalem newspaper, I know that the multitudes began to gather around Jesus Christ. The Bible says that they came from everywhere because they were very interested in the truths and the principles that Jesus Christ was teaching. I believe also Jesus Christ had a had a following that was there just to see another miracle performed, I believe. Of course, you always have those type of followers as well. But there were many folks that were there ready to listen and heed the teaching that Jesus Christ was, was doing there in Galilee and there in Jerusalem and wherever He was traveling in the early days of His ministry. Jesus Christ knew that eventually He would teach a truth that would offend them and pose a threat to their spiritual productivity. And so Jesus Christ gives this parable. The Bible says in John chapter 6 and verse 66, From that time, many of His disciples went back and walked no more with Him. Jesus Christ said, I know there's going to be a time when I'm going to bring a truth. I'm going to bring something that's going to be offensive to you. And you will, uh, it'll grieve your heart. And you will have a choice whether you're going to follow the Lord, follow me, or you're going to turn your back and go back to the place that you've come from. Go back to the place of non productivity in the Christian life. He said, I want you to stay with me. Even though there may, might be some truths that are hard to understand, just stay with me. And so he turned to his disciples and the multitude there on the hillside, and he said, I'm going to teach you a parable that can help you in your, in your spiritual growth and in your spiritual fruit bearing. He said the parable has three elements in it. 
The first element being the sower. The sower goes out and he sows the seed. And he labors and he works in the field night and day to get the seed in the ground because he wants a harvest at the end of the year, at the end of the growing season. He wants a harvest. The second element is the seed. The seed, the farmer or the sower, he grabs the bag of seed and he goes out into the field and he spreads that seed. He throws that seed. Some seed, the Bible says, lands on good ground and some seed lands on some not so productive ground. But the Bible says that there's the sower and then there's the seed. And then the third element, Jesus Christ tells the people, is the soil. The soil, He gives us Four different types of soil here in this passage of Scripture. The first one being the wayside. The farmer goes out and he sows the seed. Some seed falls on the wayside, which is not necessarily part of the field. It hits the rocks and it hits the the pathway. And the birds come down and they feast off that seed. They take it away. It doesn't have opportunity to get rooted and bear forth any fruit. Then Jesus said, there's a second soil. The second soil is stony ground. The farmer goes out and he spreads the seed. Some of that seed hits rocks and sits there on the rock and bakes in the sun. It's not a very productive seed or soil right there to the top of a rock. Then Jesus Christ said, there's a third type of soil. And that's the thorny soil. I think growing up, uh, we had this type of soil a lot on the farm. I grew up in Rochester, Minnesota. And uh, we, were, we would have sheep and we would go out and uh, get the sheep and bring them back into the barn in the evening. And sometimes we'd go out there barefoot and we would hit the thorns and the thistles. I'll tell you what, they let us know that they were there. It was thorny ground. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ said there's a third type of soil and that's the thorny soil which comes in and it chokes out the good seed. Then Jesus Christ said the fourth soil is good soil. And that fourth soil produces and it brings forth a lot of fruit. Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. And you and I want to be like that for that fourth type of soil, bringing forth fruit in our lives. You see, the Bible says that Jesus told the multitudes, I know someday I am going to teach something that is going to be offensive. But if you just stay with me, eventually you will bear forth fruit. The truth that I am teaching you has the potential of bearing forth fruit in your life. We see uh, several people when we go out visiting and uh, visitors come and they will enjoy the services. I had a lady uh, come to our church at Faith Baptist Church in Bourbonnais. She said, I came from California and uh, this is my first weekend here in Bourbonnais and I'm looking for a church. Looked in the phone book. I saw yours. I came to your church. This is exactly what I've been looking for. This is great. I love it. And so she came for a few, a few Sundays and I uh, went to her house. Some of the ladies in our church, they made some cookies. And I knocked on her door. I said, uh, she came and answered the door. I said, ma'am, some of our ladies made some cookies for you before she got on high heaven. I said, yep, she's a Baptist for sure. She likes food. That's a blessing. And so uh, she was so excited. Uh, she said, this is wonderful. I love it. And 
then about two weeks later, I get a phone call on a Saturday night. So it was a Monday night after the, after the Sunday service. She called me and said, I know that I said, you know, I was so excited about the service and, and the church. And man, I'm not coming back. I said, no, kid. Are you serious? Did something happen? Did you catch a bug when you were at church? Did you catch a flu? Something like that. She said, no. There was something that was preached that it just offended me. I said, really? Well, I can't apologize for the Word of God. The truth is the truth. We've got to stick with the Word of God. But that's exactly what Jesus Christ was talking about. He said, sometime there's going to be a truth that is offensive. Sometime there's going to be a message that might be hard to understand and hard to grasp. But He said, just stay with it. The truth is productive in your life. The first point I want you to see here this evening is every seed has potential. Every seed has potential. Now the sower goes out to sow some seed. The seed, the Bible says, is the Word of God. The seed is the Word of God. In other words, every time the Bible is open and the preacher gets up here and preaches something, or uh, when, when the teacher gets up and teaches something to you, you hear it and it has potential to change your heart and to change your life. The Word of God is powerful. The seed, the little seed, has so much potential in your life and in my life. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, For the Word of God is quick and powerful. In other words, the seed that is sown on Sunday morning here, the seed that is sown on Sunday night here, has great potential to impact your life and bring forth fruit for the cause and the glory of Jesus Christ. That's what we all want, isn't it, huh? We all want to bring forth glory to Jesus Christ. And every message you hear has potential of bringing forth glory to God through that truth by you applying it to your life. John chapter 8 and verse 32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Hey, I like that. I like that word free. Almost reminds me of liberty, huh? Kind of reminds me of a church. Praise the Lord. But you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. You see, the Bible says, The sword goes out and he sows some seed. The seed falls down. And it has potential. Every seed has potential of bearing forth some fruit in your life. I've got to look at the opportunities that I can have seeds planted in my heart. So that I can bear forth fruit for God. You see, every time uh, I go on vacation, there's a man back at our church. His name is Greg Payne. He makes sure that he either texts me or leaves a voicemail on my cell phone and he says, Caleb, I just want you to know, you miss it. I hate those words. You miss it. Three nasty words that man says to me. Either texts me with that or he calls me and tells me, you missed it, man. It was such a good message at church. Pastor brought a tremendous message. We had folks saved at the altar. I tell him, don't tell me that. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it at all. I'd rather you tell me, man, it was flat. Not really, but I do not like missing the preaching. Huh? I don't like it one bit. Have you ever had to sit home from an exciting event? Maybe it was the Christmas play. 
And uh, maybe maybe your grandkids were in the Christmas play, or maybe your kids were in a Christmas play, and they had practiced, and they had practiced, and practiced, and boy, it was going to be a special night for your kids or your grandkids, and everybody was talking about it, everybody was getting ready to go, and all of a sudden, a bubonic plague hits you. Man, you went down. The uh, you, you hugged the throne in the bathroom, amen? And uh, you couldn't leave it. You think, man, I missed it. I missed it. Everybody talked about it. And I missed it. I can't believe it. You know what? Every time a person stays home from church on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or or whenever, whenever the Word of God is being taught or preached, you know what? You miss it. I know those are horrible words. But you miss it because the, so, the seed was planted, the seed was sown, and you didn't get any of it. Boy, I hate that. I want to be right in on the goods. And I know you do too. I want to be right there where the Word of God is being preached. You see, the, every seed has potential. Jesus Christ with His disciples pulled up to the uh, Gadareans. As Jesus Christ got out of the boat, the Bible says He looked up on the hill and there's a man... Uh, uh, that was roaming the the tombstones or roaming in the tomb, the graves and running up and down and cutting himself. He, we know him as the maniac of Gadara. The Bible says that this man heard the words of Jesus, fell down at his feet, and he was changed. The Bible says, and just a few verses later, he was clothed. This man was naked and he was cutting himself. Pretty crazy guy. Huh? He was clothed and in his right mind, worshiping Jesus. Why? Because the words of Jesus that he spoke to him changed his life. The Word of God has great power to impact our lives. I remember a few years ago, I knocked on a door. Is it in a trailer park? Knocked on the door, and a man opened the door just a just a just a hair. Uh, just opened it up, and he said, "What do you want?" You know, you know how folks open the door, and you're trying to look at the person, and your eyes go cross-eyed, and you think, "Man, open up that door a little bit, a little bit wider, so that I don't go cross-eyed on you." I'm I'm looking through that that door, and I said, "Hello, sir. Uh, your kids ride our Sunday school bus." And I just wanted to stop by, and I wanted to get to know you a little bit. And he said, no, I'm not interested. His name was George Poe. George Poe had uh, three little kids that rode our Sunday school buses. George Poe, uh, he, was, he, he was heavily involved in marijuana. He said, I, I've taken so much marijuana in my life, I could fill my house with the marijuana that I've smoked in my lifetime. He, this, this man was a, a heavy addict. George looked at me and said, no, I'm not interested. He shut the door, went into his house, and it was like the next week, while the kids were away at Sunday school, George went to get into his marijuana. He opened up his box, and in his box, one of his girls had slipped a gospel track, just like the little piece of paper that you pass out, had slipped a gospel track in there. He said, what in the world is this doing in my marijuana box? My marijuana has nothing to do with Faith Baptist Church. And how they get in here to stick one of these pieces of paper in my marijuana, I don't know. But he said, I opened it up and I began to read how that I had sinned. 
He said, I began to read that my sin condemned me to hell. And that Jesus Christ loved me so much, died on the cross for my sins. He said, it was right there in my bedroom. I fell to my knees and I began to cry out to Jesus Christ and ask Jesus to save me from my sins and save me from hell. George said that he started coming to church on Wednesday nights. And all of a sudden, the Word of God being preached started to do a work in his heart. And now George is no longer an addict, but rather he is working in a ministry to help people get over their addictions. That's a pretty good change, isn't it? You see, every seed has potential of bringing forth fruit in your life if you will just allow it to affect you and allow that seed to be planted in your heart. It can do something for you. This past Monday I was knocking on doors. And this lady answered the door. She said, I knew it. I knew it. You were coming to my door. I said, you did. So you're from Faith Baptist. I said, yes, I am. She said, I knew you were coming. I said, okay. She had done a survey uh, with one of our church members back in May. She said, well, I, go to, I grew up going to St. Rose. And, and I just haven't been going to church much these days. I need to get into church. So I might come by sometime. I said, all right. Her name's, uh, her name's Tracy. I said, Tracy, let me ask you a question. If you were to die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? She said, all right. All right. Come on in. Come on in. So we went in. We sat down on the couch. We began to talk to Tracy. I said, Tracy, you know the Bible tells us that we've sinned. We deserve to go to hell. But Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. You can go to heaven if you accept Him. She said, yes, it seems so easy, but why would God love a person like me? She said, you don't understand. I grew up in an atheist home. She said, I just don't know if I can grasp the belief that there's a heaven. I just don't know if I can grasp that Jesus Christ would love me that much. I said, Tracy, it takes faith. You've got to accept Jesus Christ. I said, do you have a Bible? She said, no, I don't. I said, I'll get you a Bible. Yesterday I went by her house. I gave her a Bible. I said, would you come be my visitor tomorrow morning? She said, yes, I will. This morning I came in from Sunday school down to our foyer. And there Tracy was sitting in one of our chairs getting ready to go into the main service. I said, Tracy, you made it. I'm so excited. You came to church. Thank you. Thank you for being my visitor today. She went in sat with a couple that she did the survey with. She sat there and the preacher got up and preached on the blood of Jesus Christ. Gave a phenomenal message that Jesus Christ's blood can wash away our sins. And in the invitation, the preacher asked, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, would you raise your hand? She lifted her hand up. And I looked over there. She opened up her eyes. And she knew what she needed to do. In a couple of minutes, she walked the aisle. And I said, Tracy... Do you believe? You heard the Word of God. Do you believe this morning? She said, yes, I do. One of our lady workers, altar workers, got there on the front pew, sat down with her and showed her some verses. She bowed her head and trusted Christ as her Savior. You know what? The Word of God has great power. It has potential in your life. It has potential in my life. It can change me. It can change you. If you'll just let it. You know what? My dad grew up as the alcoholic of Stewartville, Minnesota. He was the alcoholic in jail, out of jail, putting people in the hospital. And he was a horrible mess. Age 27, he heard the Word of God preached. He looked in the mirror and said, Dan Hansen, you're the biggest fake. 
You've never been saved. You need to get saved. The Word of God was convicting him and brought him to that place where he accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. Let me say secondly, every seed will be proven. Every seed will be proven. Our text, uh, Mark chapter 4 and verse 17, I want you to look here. It says, "...and having no root in themselves." And so endured, but for a time. I think those are three very sad words. For a time. Afterwards, when, notice that word, when, afflictions or persecutions ariseth, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. I want you to notice four key words in that verse. When, afflictions, persecutions, and ariseth. I want you to take your pen, if you have your pen, and circle those words. The Bible says when. Notice it does not say if. It says when. You see, every time you hear the Word of God preached on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night, and the Holy Spirit convicts your heart, you go home and you sit down with your family or you you sit down and you begin praying to God and say, God... I don't do what the preacher would preach on. Lord, I don't, I, I, I've never heard that before. But, because it's from your word, because the preacher preached it, I'm going to follow your word. I'm going to listen to truth and apply it to my life. Every time you do that, the devil sees it and he says, okay, you're going to make a decision, huh? I'm going to test you on that. Every seed that is planted is going to be proven sometime. Because the devil's not going to just stand around and watch you grow in the Lord. No, he's ticked at your growth. He's ticked at your attendance. He's coming to church. He's ticked at your family altar that you may have with your, with your, with your sons and your daughter or, or whatever the case may be. He's upset that you are growing in the Lord. He doesn't want that. So he's going to prove the truth. He's going to test you doesn't say if, it says when. You've been growing in the Lord? Did you just get saved? Did you just ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart? Look out. The devil's right around the corner. He's going to watch you and say, well, boy, I tell you what. Oh, Joe Blow is doing a good job. Look at him bringing glory to God and praise the Lord and uh, witnessing the people at work. Man, that's wonderful. The devil's not going to do that. He's going to say, okay. You think you're going to start applying that to your life? Well, you just wait. The next word is afflictions. That word afflictions means pressure, burdens, means anguish. I think sometimes when I lead someone to the Lord, I think, oh God, when is the first pressure going to come? God, when's the first affliction going to come? When is the devil going to try to stumble or trip them up? Because I know it's coming. When afflictions, pressure, you become a Christian and you begin to witnessing to your neighbor and all of a sudden the whole neighborhood starts talking. Psst, hey, Joe's got religion. Look out. Huh? Yeah. He wants, to, he wants to silence your witness for Jesus Christ. You see a man get saved he hears the preaching about, about not going to the bar or something like that. And he says, you know what? I guess that's not right. Maybe I shouldn't be doing that. And the devil's right there 
ready to tempt him and ready to have all of his co-workers mock him. You're going to do what? You heard what from the Bible? You heard what from the preacher? you got to be choking me. You're kidding. The, the pressure, the burden, the anguish. When afflictions or persecution. Persecution means to be mocked, to be scoffed at. Then the last word ariseth. That word ariseth means to grow or to add up, to assemble. Have you ever had problems assemble themselves in your life? Have you ever, ever had them like line up like uh, like great big like great big mountains? Well, one right after another, you think, "Good night, when's the break? Come on!" The devil tries to put temptation and he tries to put pressure on you one right after another. A man gets saved. He begins having pressure from work. He begins having pressure with the family. He begins having pressure with the in-laws. He begins having pressure with the neighbors. He thinks, good night. I just got saved. Isn't that all all supposed to be done away with? Isn't the Christian life supposed to be a, a wonderful, easy life? No. Because the devil says, or the, the Bible says, that when the devil sees that you are saved and trying and struggling to serve God, then cometh afflictions, persecutions, and testings. You see, there was a, there was a couple that came to our church. Uh, actually, Jamie came to our church. Jamie Her came and she was very excited. Or she came in and she was, she was so excited about serving God. She came Sunday morning. She came Sunday night. She began to come to Sunday school. She came Wednesday night. I mean, she was there every service. And then her husband began to come and they began to, Jamie started going out soul winning. Man, we said we have soul winning on Tuesday mornings at 10.30. And Jamie started going out soul winning as much as she could. And they began growing in the Lord and reading their Bible and getting into it. Excited about the Lord and the things of God. And then all of a sudden, I was driving to a church that we planted in, uh, in DeKalb. Mark Chambers Church. I was driving up there. I got a phone call. I picked up the phone and it was, it was Jamie's husband, Bob. Bob said, Brother Caleb, we're at the hospital right now. We just lost our child. My wife just miscarried, miscarried our little child. He just began to sob and began to weep. He said, I think I'm going to make it. Uh, my wife is doing pretty rough though. And so I had a word of prayer with both of them and said, God, God it will be there and He'll give you strength. Then we went on and we went up to uh, DeKalb and preached there. And went back and began to talk with, with uh, the hers and began to uh, try to encourage them and strengthen them. Sunday rolled around, they weren't there. Sunday night rolled around, they weren't there. Wednesday night rolled around, they're always in their place, they weren't there. And the next Sunday rolled around, they weren't there. And the next Sunday, you know what? They're not in their place anymore. You see, the devil knew or tried to discourage them. Listen, when you get saved, when you're growing in the Lord, don't get discouraged over the trials that come into your life. Because it's only the devil. If you could just remove the trial, the face of the trial, you'd see the clear face of the devil. The devil wants to trip you up and stop you and say, you know what? It's really not that exciting after all. 
The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable. You just hold on to the truth that's preached to you and you just lock in and say, I'm not moving. It doesn't matter what the devil brings my way. I am not moving. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 14 says, We hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. I'm not moving until I see Jesus Christ's face. You just anchor some good old anchors in this big black book and just hold on. The devil will give you all kinds of trials and and difficulties and mock at you and scoff at you. But when afflictions and persecutions come, don't let your time of serving the Lord be short and and small. Just stay in there. Peter, First Peter, chapter five, verse nine says, "When or whom resisting steadfast in the faith." Keep your faith in the old black book. Don't let discouragement quit or uh, make you quit in your growth, your spiritual growth. I want to say thirdly, you choose the proceeds. You choose proceeds. First of all, every seed has potential. Secondly, the Bible says that I must I must realize that every seed will be proven. Then thirdly, I realize that I choose the proceeds. How much do I want? 30-fold or 60-fold or 100-fold? It's just a little seed. And sometimes when the Word of God is preached, it seems so small. Such an insignificant truth from the Bible. But that little seed can bear forth such powerful fruit in your life. If you will just let that seed grow and let the principles, when I say the seed, I'm talking about the Word of God, remember. We let that principle of God's Word manifest itself in your life. And you will be reaping the 30, the 60, or the 100 fold. You see, the Bible says there in that last, or uh, verse 20, and these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the Word and receive it. And bringeth forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some an hundred. The Bible says that this is this seed was planted on the good ground, was planted on the good soil. You see, the factor that determines the productivity of the seed was not the sower and was not the seed, but rather the soil. The soil determined the productivity of that seed. The Bible says, or the Bible uses the soil as a type of our hearts. The Bible says that our hearts can be hard and stony against the Lord. In Psalms chapter 95 verse 8 it says, Harden not your heart. I can choose what kind of soil the Word of God is going to land on. If it's going to be a good soil or if it's going to be thorny soil. If it's going to be good soil or if it's going to be stony soil. If it's going to be good soil or if it's going to be by the wayside. And the devil just comes by and snatches that truth. So how does that happen? Well, when you begin to count the slats, the, uh, slats on the ceiling all the way down. I think there's 93 of them up there. Just save your counting, alright? But when you begin to daydream, the devil comes by and just sketches that truth. And all of a sudden, have you ever been there? You hear something, but you don't really hear it. And boy, the, 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 the truth of the Bible, the, the, the message continues on. You think, oh, what did he just say? 
Man, I was thinking about this and such. I was smelling those uh, enchiladas. Man, it just, it just passed me. I'm sorry. And the devil comes by and snatches that truth away. But I don't have any control over the sower. I don't have any control over the seed. But I do have control over the soil of my heart. The way I come to church, the way I sit and listen, is it going to be good soil or is it going to be hard soil? You see, God wants to plant seeds in your heart. My heart is the attitude towards the Word of God. If I come to church with the attitude, God, whatever you have for me out of the old black book, I'm ready to receive it. You know what? You're going to hear some messages. And as soon as you hear those messages, you're going to want to apply those truths to your heart. And you're going to be bearing forth some fruit. And it won't be long. I was, I came to Faith Baptist Church six and a half years ago. There was a prospect card that Pastor Angel gave me. He said, this is a husband and wife, Rex and Jackie Dela Cruz. I believe this couple might go to your Sunday school class. Pastor gave me a Sunday school class, uh, an adult Sunday school class. It was, uh, it contained my wife, myself, and four walls. And that was the beginning of it. That was our Sunday school class. He said, go out there and get some people in the room. I said, okay. He said, here's a good prospect. Let you get started. So, all right. So I went by their house, knocked on the door, began to talk to them. And I said, why don't you all come to our newcomers class? We would love to have you. It's called the New Open Adult Class. Come on out and uh, we'll have a good old time. And so Rex was standing there at the door. Jackie was standing there. And, and uh, Rex had his uh, a t-shirt on, blue jeans and a ponytail. He had his hair all pulled back into a like a, like a beret or something like that. And I began to talk to him. And uh, he said, okay, yeah, we'll come. We'll try it out. See what, see what happens. And so that next Sunday they came to church. And uh, we got to talking, and, and uh, they came to our new Hope Adult class. I was so excited to have those visitors. I mean, now, now it was myself, my wife, and a couple. So uh, we had doubled our class attendance already, and we were thrilled about it. God was really blessing. And uh, we got to talking and began to working with them. And uh, Rex came to me one day, and he said, Man, Brother Caleb, I, I enjoy coming to church, but I want to do something. I want to serve the Lord. Uh, can I be your helper in your class? I said, That would be great. Rex, you can, you can pass out stuff and you can uh, help me with making sure all the chairs are set up and you can help me with uh, passing out the psalm books and stuff like that. He said, that would be awesome. I'd love that. I said, but I need to talk to you. Rex had some, some different things that he needed situated in his life. That uh, he, he just had to have these things uh, taken care of before he was going to be uh, in the class as a helper. And so I said, Rex, why don't we go out to eat? How about next week we go out to eat and we'll, we'll do some talking and I'm really excited about this. So Rex came and, uh, or actually I picked him up at his house. We went out to Steak and Shake. Hey man, that's a good place for Baptists to meet and have good talks. And uh, we sat down there and he ordered, I ordered. I said, now Rex, let me show you this verse here. I began to show him some different things. And, uh, and uh, he said, well, I got to think about that. That's, that's really hard. That's hard. I know it's not right, Brother Caleb, what I'm doing, but I just, that's really hard. Let me think about it. So, I got to our class the next Sunday morning, and I looked out, and there's my wife, and no Rex and Jackie. I thought, oh my goodness, oh, I must have offended him or something. He must be thinking about the, the, the verse I showed him. Sure enough, I called him right after Sunday school, and he said, I just don't know. 
I was I was doing some study on my own, and I just think I'm gonna I'm gonna do it this way, and and I'm just gonna forget about that. And so I thought, oh my goodness, God, you got to help him see the truth in the Word of God. And so I prayed for him all week long. The next Sunday, I was on my Sunday school bus and I was leading the program, and my phone went off. I picked up my phone and it was Rex. I said, hello? He said, hey, Brother Caleb, this is Rex. I was wondering if you can meet me uh, right outside your office and uh, right before Sunday school. I said, yeah, that'd be great, Rex. And so I I put my phone away and began to lead the rest of the program, got to church, hopped off my bus. I was walking to my office and there stood Rex outside my office. And Rex had a suit on, a tie on, and he was all ready. He said, Brother Caleb, I took care of the issue. Brother Caleb, I want to help this morning. I said, you're on, man. Praise the Lord. I'm so excited. You have made a great decision this morning. And you know what? He went into the class and he helped us out. Now, you know what? Rex is a bus captain. Brought in over 20 kids on his bus this morning. Rex teaches a class. And, and uh, Rex, he uh, helped us with, I think we had some banners or some, uh, all the banners. He helps us with the banners and different things like that for all the church plants in Illinois. He helps us with all that. He has a company that uh, does vinyling and uh, banners and, and core plus signs and all that kind of stuff. He says, Brother Kev, I just want to be a blessing. I just want to help. Six years later, God is using him in a great way to touch other people's lives. Some 30, some 60, some 100. You know what determined the productivity of Rex's life? His heart condition to the truth in the Word of God. If I come on a Sunday and I sit in my seat and I say, God, you have something for me today. What is it? Teach me a principle in your Word. And God comes by my pew and He begins to stir my heart. And I go home and I put that truth into practice in my life. God says, that's exactly what I want to see. I'm going to bless you. You're going to, be, you're going to start producing from that one simple truth that you heard from the Word of God. How about it? Do you want to be a productive Christian? I know you do just by the way you've been listening tonight. I can tell you want to be a productive Christian. As I look around, I see that you are productive Christians. But you know what? I, Caleb Hansen, and you, as a member of Liberty Baptist Church, we must always strive to bring forth a little bit more fruit for Jesus Christ. How about it? Is your heart soft and tender towards the Word of God? Has the devil began to prove the truths? So, Brother Caleb, at first it was so easy. Man, it, it, I just read my Bible and everything it said I just wanted to do. And it seemed like there was no problem in putting it to practice in my life. Then all of a sudden, man, it's like the afflictions have come. Not just one, but they arise. They are all in order in my life and they're ready to attack at the same time, Brother Caleb. It's difficult. Just stay in there. Hang in there. Just keep on applying that principle that God has impressed on your heart. And eventually, you look back and say, my goodness, 30, 60, or 100, 100 fold, God is truly blessed. I was talking to a lady one day. She came into my office and said, Brother Caleb, I just don't feel like I'm growing in the Lord much. I just feel discouraged. I said, let's, let's stop right there. Time out. 
Let's rewind your life just one year. Where were you a year ago? Were you in church? No. I said, were you saved? No. I said, were you working? Or were you in a Sunday school class? No. Were you working on a bus route? No. I said, it kind of sounds like you've done some spiritual growth in the last year. What do you think? You see, sometimes Satan gets us so focused on the trials or the affliction that we forget to look back and say, man, look at in the last month, God has let me grow this much in Him. How about it? Every seed has potential. Every seed will be proven. And you choose the proceeds. So have every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You'd say, Brother Caleb, I realize that the devil has mounted an attack on my spiritual growth. Just in the last week, month, maybe a couple months, Brother Caleb, would you please pray that I stay strong in my faith and I don't waver. I stay steadfast. Would you please pray for me? Just slip your hand up. Nobody's looking around. I'll pray. I see that hand. See that hand? Yes, I see that hand. Yes, and that hand. And then put your hands down. Maybe you'd say, Brother Caleb, I have chosen to bear forth some fruit in my life. But I want to make sure that my heart stays soft. I want to make sure that my heart is the good ground that the Word of God talks about. Brother Caleb, would you pray for me? I keep my heart soft to the Word of God. You just slip your hand up. I'll pray for you. Just slip your hand up. I see that hand and that hand and that hand. Many hands. Excellent. You may put them down. We make the choice. We make the choice. God helps us, but we make the choice whether we keep our hearts soft and tender or we let the devil harden our hearts. Many hands have been raised this evening. I'm going to have a word of prayer after I pray. Then the pianist is going to begin. When the pianist begins, if the Lord spoke to your heart, and you raise your hand, you just come, you do business at the altar. Nobody's looking around. We're going to have our eyes closed. But you just come and do business with the Lord. Dearly, Father Lord, I thank you so much for this great group of folks. God, they listen so well. And God, they so desire for Christian growth and productivity. Lord, I pray that you would please help each one of them. Lord, there's hands raised about the devil coming and proving that seed that has been planted in their heart. Lord, I pray that they would stay steadfast. And then, God, some hands were raised and desiring to keep their hearts soft and tender toward the truths in Your Word. I pray, God, that You would help them to continue to keep on coming to church with a ready heart for the Word of God to be planted in them to produce spiritual fruit in their lives. Lord, I pray that You would be with us in this invitation. In Jesus' name we pray with our heads bowed and eyes closed as you stand to your feet.